working on the cloud. Hi, Robin. Hello. I'm recording right now. Um, do you give my permission for me to use this interview um, on a YouTube channel and on my website? Absolutely. Thank you. So I'm going to now like say hi. Okay. <laughs> do my little thing and then I'll read your, I'll read your, um, um, your intro you wrote and then um, I'll say, tell me your story. Okay, here we go. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Zanzel and this is Coming Out and Beyond LGBTQIA plus stories. I am a minister, a late in life lesbian, a partner, a mom, and I came out at 50 years old. I am sharing the stories of our community we will be talking about coming out and other things this season, including labels, dating somebody who's come out late in life. Um, so I have a delightful guest today. Her name is Robin. And uh, Robin is, describes herself as a very late blooming lesbian who wasn't aware of any romantic feelings towards women while growing up. Although in hindsight, she does remember what she would describe today as a crush on her female tennis instructor when she was just eight or nine years old. Robin supposes, but isn't sure that the sudden death of her mother when she was 10 may have hijacked any possibility of realizing any other sexuality other than what was heteronormative growing up. Fast forward decades, decades later, while married to a man for 28 years and has and two grown daughters, she unassumingly followed the breadcrumbs of an emerging infatuation with women. When the infatuation grew to the point of not being able to ignore it, Robin employed rather unconventional ways to finally get to the bottom of all these strong and increasing with frequency girl crushes until she finally had her aha moment. <laughs> Welcome. Thank I can't, you. I can't wait to hear your unique ways. It was pretty crazy. It was yeah. crazy. It's been a crazy journey. So tell me your story. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I mean, as, as the intro mentioned, um, I, I, in hindsight, remember having a, a crush on my tennis teacher and then, you know, and then it was kind of like the screen went blank, you know, my mother died and, uh, it was just decades of like surviving and, you know, whatever, um, never had any opportunities to explore my sexuality in high school or in college. I never even knew really I think I knew one guy in high school that he, he acted femininely, you know, and, and turns mm -hmm. out, yeah, he was gay, but we just, no one ever talked about it. Um, so uh, dated a lot of guys. I mean, I was attracted to men, didn't always really enjoy the intimacy, but you know, um, I, I don't know, that part I can't figure out. Um, well, I, I actually think about that because I grew up, did you grow up in a religious home by any chance? Not, not really, like my mother was religious and I think had she, stayed alive she I, I think we would have been I would have been forced down that road but yeah I mean we went we had to go to church and all that stuff but when she when she died that kind of fell by the wayside and um I did not grow up religious so 
what I think, well, seeds of religion, even if they're planted pre 10 years of age, you know, they're pretty powerful sometimes. And so when I didn't really enjoy sex with men, like, you know, I, I thought I chalked it up because I thought I felt guilty, wow. you know? So I was like, well, you know, mom told me that I'm not supposed to have sex before marriage. So, you know, that's probably why this isn't so great. So yeah. that's how, that's how I've sort of interpreted it because I had such guilt over having sex before marriage or maybe even shame that um, I was like, oh, well, that's why. That's why I didn't enjoy it. So I never put it together that I just actually really didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't feel any guilt and, and I didn't not enjoy it. You know, I just, and I, I waited a very long time. Um, you know, in my book, I waited a long time to lose my virginity. And I, I wonder in hindsight if, if that was why, but um, yeah, so, you know, I ended up getting married um, at 25, but I had been with a lot of guys. So it wasn't like I picked the first man that came along. Mm -hmm. um, he's fairly, he's about nine years older than I, I, um, I am. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, I, I think I was just on this, I think I was sleepwalking through heteronormative life. You know, that's mm -hmm. the best way I can describe it. I, um, I do recall though, I played a lot of sports in high school and, and in junior high. And when it came time to go to college, a lot of my teammates said, oh, you got to go out for, you know, whether it be softball or field hockey in college. But I had heard that there were a lot of lesbians, like, you know, all the teams were full of lesbians. And I was, I was, I remember feeling afraid and, that, and it was mm -hmm. crazy. And I'm not even sure what I was afraid of, but they do, I've, I've read and heard later down the road that it's often people who are afraid who are the most, you know, I don't know. Well, I would, I would probably say that like, so I've had a lot of straight friends, like straight women that have slept with women and like, yeah, I didn't know anybody, literally no big deal to them. Wow. And you know, they sleep with a woman and they, they go back to their heteronormative relationships and they're like, yeah, that was fun. But I think for those of us who are afraid that we actually might be gay, Right. sometimes that exploration is something that we just say I, I, if I like you yes you know, if I, I join these sports teams and there's a bunch of lesbians oh my god that means I might be a lesbian and and <laughs> I think I don't know I think we're about the same age so in the early 1980s mid-1980s there was a lot of homophobia going on oh yeah it's an epidemic and so and you keep getting those messages even yeah. though the lesbians were the least likely people to get AIDS, you know, you still keep getting those messages. There's a reason why people decide, decided not to come out and stuff like so that. So true. And yeah. it's interesting, after college, I ended up, I really missed playing sports. So a friend of mine asked me to play on an all-women softball league, and I did. And it, I, I really think I'm oblivious sometimes to my surroundings because it, as it turns out, many of the women in that league were all gay. You know, they're all lesbians. All right, so I got to share a story with you. So my partner um, came out in the 80s, like we were talking before this interview and she, she, she'll never forget, like she went, joined a softball league when she was like 22 or 23. And like at the, after the game, the women were like walking back and they were making like jokes about this really pretty woman that was on the other team and stuff like that. And she goes, oh my God, all these people are lesbians. <laughs> and she was like, I thought I was, the, you know, she grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. I thought I was the only one, you know? And so it was really wonderful for her to join those games. Those yeah, teams. it yeah. was funny. And I remember, and of course we would go to the bars after the games, you know, and, and um, I went into the, into the ladies room and 
and I, for some reason I didn't have dividers or something in the bathroom and, and this one woman that came in and I, I knew her from the other team and she said has anyone ever told you you have really good you know good looking legs and I was like <laughs> <laughs> no not a woman no <laughs> And, and I, oh, that's when I started getting this clue, like, huh, this team is, might be different, you know? yeah. but it was a lot of fun and I stayed on the team and, and whatever. Um, but yeah, and I, so I got married and um, the marriage lasted 28 years. Um, I would say probably halfway through the marriage, it started going downhill and mm -hmm. neither of us um, took care of it. Neither of us seemed to, for, for whatever reason, we just let it die a slow death and it got mm -hmm. worse and worse and worse. And um, there was a lot of um, gaslighting going on, a lot mm -hmm. of un unpleasant things, a lot of emotional mm -hmm. abuse. And I slowly and slowly became a shell of myself. I, I grew very, very depressed and tried to spend as much time away from home as I could and whatever. Um, and, but sometime during that, the last 14 years of marriage, I, I found myself noticing women like everywhere, you know, like women in the, in the supermarket and I would follow them up and down the aisles, you know, and I remember, you know, a woman waiting for this woman that I saw in Staples and I, I waited out in my car and I'm like, I wonder if she's gay, you know, and I'm like, why am I at, I had no idea why I had crushes on women. And this lasted, I'm embarrassed to admit, several years, <laughs> several years. Um, I even ended up having, uh, I ended up developing a crush on my um, physical therapist. I got really injured once and, and I talked my, um, my orthopedic doctor into giving me another extension on my, my PT so that I could keep yeah. going. And I think she, you know, she was one of the straws that broke, one of the straws that broke the camel's back. And I'm like, man, what's up with that? Still not really putting everything together. Um, finally, um, we were lucky enough to have a, a home in one state and we had a vacation home in another state. And um, I would spend time up in the other state. It was on Lake Ontario. And um, I got to know this woman who was renting my cottage uh, on our property and her husband. And I developed this wicked crush on her. It was crazy. Um, I just couldn't get enough of her. That's when I finally said, enough is enough. I have to figure out what this is about. Right. So, Robin. what's that? How old were you? Okay, I gotta do the math here. I'm guessing late 40s okay somewhere between 48 and 52 something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. so we were about the same age yeah um and i i just couldn't take it anymore i'm like what is going on um no one to talk to you know i didn't even think to look for books or anything but i knew that there were dating sites and mm -hmm. i went to my supermarket bought myself a gift card <laughs> then bought myself then i went to staples and bought myself a burner phone mm -hmm. and i joined a dating site. Um, and I, I, I remember the moment where I typed in woman looking for women or whatever, and women looking for women. And, and, um, and so I just started striking up conversations with women in this dating site mm -hmm. and come to find out 90% of the women that I spoke to were all late bloomers. All of them had been married to men. All of them had come out. And, um, it was just, that was my gratifying, oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. What's that? What's like? I, I want to say it might have been OK Cupid. OK. It might have been OK Cupid back then. Mm -hmm. um, there's one other one, but I can't remember the name of it. But I think it might have been OK Cupid. And um, 
I just felt so grateful. And these women gave me so much of their time, you know, saying you're not crazy and whatever. <clears throat> um, and I wasn't there to look for anybody. I was there just, I was doing research. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I was doing research. Um, I ended up meeting a woman, talking to a woman on there <clears throat> who lived in my, my, uh, in my same state. And um, so anyway, she ended up, we ended up dating, but not until I went forward with my divorce. Um, I got my burner phone and did my research in March and April. And in May, my birthday's in the end of May. And in May, on my birthday weekend, I was all by myself up at my lake house and I had my aha moment. I was just walking through my garage and all of a sudden I went, oh, I'm gay. And then I just started laughing. I just, I mean, it took me that long, you know, it was crazy. And then I think I met this woman online like in June or July. And um, by August, I had found a, um, a, a divorce lawyer, you know, and, and right after Labor Day of, um, my, of uh, oh, well, what, where are we, 21, uh, five or six years ago, um, I got the ball rolling. And, and interestingly, and for me, my sexuality had nothing to do with the divorce. You know, I, I, I needed to get out of that marriage, but I, I do think my awareness and the awakening of, of who I am and that I like, I now like women, or maybe I always did, um, that gave me the strength to, to pick myself up and, and say, okay, I, I can't go on living like this. You know, I can't live in a, in a very unhappy marriage. I mean, I was, you know, 50 something years old and I thought it's either now or never you know, because I really honestly didn't want to live anymore. It was, you know, it was, the marriage was miserable. And um, so I just took the leap and, and went through the divorce process, which was horrendous. Um, almost took three years and a lot, a lot of money. Um, and the first relationship, it, it's funny because she's not even really my catalyst. You know, I think my catalyst were all the breadcrumbs and then, you know, my PT, my PT person and your physical therapist might've been your, you, you yeah. know, the thing is though, Robin, you don't need a catalyst. No, you don't, you don't. Um, and it took me you forever. Know, I didn't have one. So, you know, yeah. you just and, don't. And I often tell women, you know, if you think you want to date me or get to know me, you got to hit me over the head with a two by four, because I am dense. I mean, it took me <laughs> years to figure this out, you know? And so, um, so yeah, and, and when I, that, that 2015 in September, what I didn't know was that my ex, my now ex-husband told both my daughters that I'm gay and that we're getting a divorce. I never had a chance to, and I, and I didn't find this out until a couple of months ago, like August. So, so five or six years went by, they knew, and I didn't know they knew. Oh, so you kept being in the closet with your to kids. Them, to them. Um, and I did that because the, the divorce came as a surprise to everyone. Um, it was a horrendous divorce. It rocked everybody's world. And I thought it would be selfish of me to, to dump on there also like, oh, by the way, girls, I'm also gay. You know, I mean, I just, one of them had just started college, you know, in, in September. And I just didn't think, you know, I wanted to do that to them yet. I wanted to do it in my time and, and whatever. And in fact, my younger daughter didn't talk to me um, for five and a half years. She contacted me this past August because of the things that her father told her about me or whatever. Is the relationship being repaired? Yes. Yep. Yeah. She reached out to me um, in August. Yeah. So I was able to come out to her in August and um, because I found out from her sister that they both knew. Yeah. Um, and so I came out to both of them. They love me. They're supportive of me. You know, 
my, my older daughter said, mom, how did you not know you played softball and you like, you know, you like, like, um, hand tools and stuff. <laughs> you more hand tools than anybody else. How did you not know? I know. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I have a very open, you know, I'm out to anyone and everyone now, and it feels freaking great, you know, to be mm-hmm. free uh, and not have any secrets from my daughters, you know, or mm-hmm. anyone else mm-hmm. that I meet. How did it feel to you that you were outed by your husband? Oh, I was angry, really, really angry, you know, and, and I even had a conversation with my older daughter. I said, he had absolutely no right to do that. And she was kind of defending him, which surprised the heck out of me. I said, you know, this was my, this is my life, my sexuality, my business, you know, I mean, and he's, he has been, and still is a really bitter, bitter person. And, right. and I think, you know, he did that to save face. I think he wanted everyone to know, to think that we got divorced because of my sexuality, which is not true. Um, so yeah, no, I, I was very angry. Well, I find that with where the work I do is that, so a couple of things happen. So, um, women often like, you know, they have really difficult marriages and everything like that. And then they come out as gay and then they take the responsibility of the end of the marriage on because they're gay. That's something I did. You know, my, my ex outed me, but that that's what something I did. Like I was, I felt so guilty about ending the marriage that I was like, well, it's because I'm gay, but we had a lot of problems and we were like the poster children for, um, you know, marriage therapy. And, um, and, and, but now I realize, you know, that a lot of our marriages have a lot of problems and being gay has n- nothing to do with it you well, know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. or the whole coming you know and so I always caution people about taking on the responsibility of the divorce because they're gay right oh I don't at all um which is, and, and unfortunately you know I am in a lot of different support groups and, and things and I do see <clears throat> women taking that responsibility on feeling terribly guilty um and the same with I mean most of the many of them have you know young children under the age of 18 and they feel like they're ruining everyone's lives and and that's you know it's not necessarily the mindset you know um well because you know what like there's this narrative that you know you stay together no matter what right that's the narrative we both followed that <laughs> and you know we're miserable we're, we're not happy in the marriage and a lot of marriages you know you have your good times and your bad times and stuff like that and I did that in my marriage but you know I um kept going and kept going and because you know that's what you did and like now I sort of look at it totally different because kids really deserve happy parents right they deserve happy parents they deserve a home that's free of stress yes they deserve a home that is free of conflict you know, if you're a high conflict marriage and you're fighting all the time, what's the point? Like, and also too, another thing is that like, you know, kids say, see mom or dad or dad or both, you know, um, staying in marriages that they're not happy. What are we teaching our children? Yeah. Well, that's situations that they're not happy in and we don't want that for our kids, you know? Yeah, I came out and told both of my daughters um, that, you know, I I said, I also want to be an example to you both that, you Mm -hmm. know, I was very unhappy for a lot of years. And so was their father, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and they knew I was unhappy. I towards the end, the last five years or so of my marriage, I did not keep it 
quiet that, you know, how I was being treated and spoken to and that I was unhappy. Um, so I, I do also feel a sense of responsibility to let them know, you know, don't stay in an unhappy marriage, do what you can, you know, um, to, to work on it, but uh, you don't have to stay. Yes. And you, and, and the thing is, is you don't have to stay just because you're unhappy. Right. You know what I mean? Even if there's some good elements to it and everything, you know, if you're really, really unhappy and miserable in a marriage, whether you're, you know, and a lot of straight women are miserable in marriages, not just gay people, you don't have to stay. No. And I I feel like there's such a narrative that women to be good girls. Yes. Yes. Everybody's needs before their own. Well, not me, not anymore. My divorce not really anymore. Defined, <laughs> really was a, that was probably one of the biggest changes I've ever made in my life. And, and, um, and I, I've often said to people that if I can do that, you know, nothing is going to get in my way. I'm not going to allow anything to get in my way of my happiness because that was so hard. That was so, so hard. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, we, we had, it was a 28 year marriage. The last 14 years were sexless no affection no love nothing was there you know uh which he of course denied but uh, <laughs> you can deny that but uh yeah so you know it's been a it's been a wild journey um i've had a few relationships um since my first girlfriend that i found on okcupid and um i don't recommend the dating sites any anymore i'm sorry i'm sorry to say that to the dating site people but um i don't know they've been i don't know if it's because of the pandemic muddied the waters or, or what happened. But, um, I, I think the way we're going to, the way to go about meeting people is, is more organically, you know, the way mm-hmm. we used to and, and finding your tribe that way, uh, which is what I'm trying to do, you know, um, find my tribe. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's been an interesting journey and it, and it continues, you know, I've, I made plans. I'm in North Carolina now, but I made plans to drive all the way down to Dallas for Dallas pride, June 4th, 5th and 6th. Oh, good for you. Yeah. And somehow I missed pride. I, I don't know how in the last five years, I, I was never in the right place at the right time to do pride. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Are they doing an in-person pride this year? Yeah. Or? Yeah, they are. They're not doing the parade. They're not doing other, other aspects of their pride, but they are doing some, um, some events on Friday night and Saturday night. And so, uh, tell me like, so for people that you're like, you don't recommend dating sites and we've talked about a couple other options that you've used. So what, like, so if somebody's newly coming out, what would you recommend for them to do to find community? Um, to find community, I would, I would say go on Facebook and Google late lesbian, you know, late blooming lesbians or late to lesbian or, you know, Vita Nova, what, you know, yeah. You know, just do your research online. There's so much more available now than when I came out. Um, you know, I did buy a couple of books, um, which were super validating for me. It made me realize that I'm not crazy. Um, I think the books that I read, the two two books that I read, and and talking to the women on the dating site, you know, realizing that the majority of these women were all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. That was very validating. Um, so I would say, yeah, um, try and and almost every town has meetups. Yes, that's what I, once we're out of COVID, yeah. I think meeting people in person is really Yeah, nice. I would say do your meetups that are locally. And if your town doesn't have it, um, start one. Start one. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, you know, you can just put in, when you go to meet the meetup site, you can put LGBTQ right. meetups. And if you're still not out and you're still really nervous about it, give yourself a fake email address that you just checked like you talked about your burner phone yeah um you know if 
you need to start somewhere. Yes. So even if you have to be stealth in the beginning and like, you know, have a burner phone or buy a prepaid card, like, you know, you did or, or go to, um, you know, join a meetup group and have a fake email address. Like I was so nervous when I was coming out in the beginning. I, when, when I had a, a email address from when I was in grad school and I used <laughs> I use that email address because I was so like now that I have run these groups and done all this stuff last year I don't pay attention to anybody's email <laughs> so it's not like I'm googling them to figure out who they are. No, I don't pay attention but you know if you're really really nervous and um also if you're really nervous about joining those Facebook groups um you can create an account that you can use if you're still worried about people knowing whether you're gay or not, and you're still afraid, you're still scared about coming out, you can join under, you can make a fake account and join that way, you yeah, know? Yeah, there are some really good supportive groups out there. And, and um, I even just, um, I popped into one yesterday through the Bloomers Society and it was a UK only, but I thought it was welcome. Everybody was welcome. So I, I was the only American in there. Um, <laughs> But and it was interesting. There were two women who were very shy about talking, and um, and I just tried to bring them out little by little. And I did that by just laying my story out on the table, you know, and mm -hmm. saying, "Ask me anything you want to ask me. I have nothing to hide. I'm not ashamed or afraid to talk about anything." And then by the end of the Zoom um, session, everybody was talking and laughing and and saying, "I thought it was just me," you know. But um, mm -hmm. I would say to people, "You're not alone. You are not alone." If you no, you're not. Alone, my um my support group online is secret, but, um, I, there's 1100 members in there and, wow. so, you know, you can contact me and, and, and if you want, and I can put you in that support group. So, you know, it, there is, you're not alone. That's no. the biggest message. And there are books. So, out there. Yeah. There's a lot of books out there. Now. A lot of books out there now. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, that, that, you know, there's more resources than, than ever. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, so as we wrap, wrap this up, like, so what books did you read? What books changed your life? Um, I read, I believe it's Joanne Fleischer's book, Married Women Who Love Women. Yeah. I read that. Um, and I read Switching Teams. Yeah. Um, by Dawn. Yeah, by Dawn. And that, was, that one really, I don't know why, that one really resonated with me. I guess because, I don't know, maybe because I was reading it as I was going through my process. So mm -hmm. those were two, two big books. Um, more recently, I read Molly Weisenberg's book, um, Fixed Stars. I've heard that's very good. It is very good. Um, yeah, she's a, she's a sweetie. Um, and she makes herself very available, you know, on various mm -hmm. different groups as well for questions and things like that. Um, I did read Glennon Doyle's book, uh, Untamed, but I didn't read it for um, the coming out part of it. It was really, it, it's just some other good life lessons and Mm -hmm. and that women need to keep keep in mind you know as they yeah. continue to grow mm -hmm. so so do you have a coming out song oh god i hated this <laughs> question there's so many too many songs um all right so one of my girl crushes is alicia keys so mm -hmm. i'm gonna say girl on fire mm -hmm. and then you have to do a nod to gloria gainer um i will survive, I will survive. <laughs> you know what mine was was destiny's child um survivor oh, uh, wow. because and i because it like there was i have so many i, I have, know there are so and, many 
my uh, my uh, fiance lesbian courted me by sending me a bunch of songs. So oh. I have about thirty songs that wow. that we shared with each other back and forth. Oh, so um, yeah, it was fun. And <laughs> I just heard the other day somebody said, you know, oh, that's the lesbian way to court, sending each other. Songs. <laughs> that's so true. Is it? I just thought my it is. Did <laughs> So. Every, every any woman that I've met, that's what, like they start sending you songs. I'm like, huh? <laughs> yeah. I know some of the songs she sent me too were like, really like like I I had never been romanced like oh, before. Like I my ex husband didn't do anything like that. Yeah, I'd never been romanced where someone sent. And I'm a word person. I'm a music poem kind of person. Ooh. So oh my god, did that capture my heart? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it really yeah. did. Okay, so how would you describe your life today? Free, free and blissful. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean there are um, not hard times, difficult moments or whatever, but um, I think the combination of the divorce and coming out, I've never felt freer, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I feel, yeah, free is the best way I can describe it. Well, that's and, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. it's a good feeling. That's what I wanted. I remember when I was miserable in my marriage, I just remember thinking, I want to be free. I want to be free. And then up popped my sexuality and, and now I'm free in that regard too. So well, do you think that your sexuality was a gift that yes. figuring it because I don't know if you would have left your marriage. I don't know either. I absolutely think that that came up and surfaced at a time when I needed strength. Mm -hmm. When I needed strength to say, you know, you're not happy. You need to be living. Mm -hmm. a Absolutely. I think that my sexuality is what saved my life, which is odd. Sometimes I say to my clients that, you know, it's your sexuality is such a gift because it's getting you out of a lousy marriage that you're not happy. Yeah. <laughs> it makes people move. I mean, yeah. like my marriage, it, 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 it was just, I was just lonely. And so like, you know, he, he's, he's a, very good dad and everything like that but I was really really lonely and it like it was the impetus that made me finally leave it took a long time but it made me finally yeah, yeah so I hear you but yeah I, I'm um I'm very lucky it, it is a gift mm -hmm. sure well Robin it was thank you so much for coming out You're here very welcome. Thank you very much for describing everything and talking <laughs> about everything I really appreciate hearing thank your you story. and you're gonna help somebody else I hope so I hope yeah. so thank you for the opportunity you're welcome okay you don't have to leave <laughs>